It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome in, hour number three, Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. Encourage you to make sure you don't miss a single moment of the podcast or the show. You can go sign up for the podcast today. Toss in the name Clay Travis, toss in Buck Sexton, and you'll be good to go. Great interview, top of the second hour with Molly Hemingway, senior editor at The Federalist and the author of Rigged, an examination of big tech's role in the 2020 election. We got major news as we started off the first hour of the program today discussing on Capitol Hill. Nancy Pelosi scheduled to have a press availability any minute now watching it live on television. Our crew will be rolling on it. This is significant because Nancy Pelosi has said that she is planning a vote on the infrastructure bill in the House today. Is that actually going to happen? And do the Democrats have the votes to pass the infrastructure bill? There appears to be a rebellion, a Democratic civil war going on between the progressives and the moderates over Joe Biden's agenda. Joe Biden this morning was on Capitol Hill. He had a press conference right about time we started the show a couple of hours ago. And I believe he may well be in the air en route to Rome right now, where he is going to spend the next six days in Europe. Uh, We'll also update you on the latest with the Virginia election, the governorship going to be decided in that state between Glenn Youngkin and Terry McAuliffe on Tuesday in what has become a hotly contested race indeed. But we are joined now by Alex Berenson. Uh, If you're out there listening, you're wondering, hey, where's Buck? Well, Buck is sick. He's out today. He's hoping to be back tomorrow when we will have President Trump, 45 himself on in the third hour of the program, among others. But right now we got Alex Berenson, one of the most popular guests we have on the program, because he tells you the truth in an era when it feels like so many other people are lying. Alex, thanks for making the time with us, my man. Uh, Clay, uh, you know, you're handling it solo today, huh? Yeah, you know, just uh, sitting up here. 
uh, piloting the plane. So far, we haven't crashed into any mountains or anything like that. So, you know, I did a solo show for six years uh, for Fox Sports Radio, so I'm pretty used to it. Buck did a solo show, too. We honestly, we have a lot of fun together, but it was more of an adjustment to have a partner on the air than it is to go back to being solo. It's kind of like riding a bike. Once you've done it before, you can always do it again. At least I would hope so. Uh, well, you're sending the buck better get back to the show soon, huh? Uh, yeah, well, he better be back tomorrow. I think he. I know we were texting earlier. He wants to be back for uh, for President Trump. I mean, it's easier on both of us when we got two voices instead of one. There's no doubt about that. Uh, but okay, so uh, let, let's dive in here with uh, the latest COVID related messes. All right, these vaccine mandates are turning into an incredible battleground. Alex, I have said if you thought the war over masks in schools was a significant one, it's going to make the battle over vaccinating children and mandates uh, in that regard. That's going to make the mask battle seem like a water gun fight, right? I mean, we're headed for an unbelievable civil war, I think, involving mandatory COVID vaccination for children. Where are we? What's the data showing about the efficacy of the vaccine You've been pretty good at looking at the data and and sort of forecasting where we're headed. Where are we right now? So I, I mean, so there's a, there's a you know there's the data, there's the political battles. Um, uh, you know, look, the vaccine uh, works for children the same way it works for adults. If you inject people with this mRNA product, their bodies produce uh, spike protein, and then their bodies produce an antibody to the spike protein. Um, the antibody then goes away pretty rapidly uh, for, for most people, especially for in older people who are at the highest risk from COVID. And you then have to give them a booster if you want them to have any uh, additional protection at all against uh, severe disease and death, it looks like. Now, the vaccine, people would say that, that the way I framed it isn't necessarily true, that although infection and transmission protection goes away, uh, protection against severe disease and death remains. But frankly, the Israeli data over the summer didn't support that, which is why the Israelis freaked out and made everybody get a booster. So, so, so it's the same thing in children, okay? And, and, and children actually have uh, uh, an even bigger immune response, and so they can get less of the dose, and they, and they, uh, a lower dose, and they, get, um, they, they do get spike proteins produced, and they do get this antibody response. The question is twofold. One is, is there any benefit? To this in children, and and I would say the answer to that question is is unequivocally no in healthy children, and that's and, and I'm defining healthy as a, a very widely. Okay, I mean I mean kids who aren't you know sort of chronically ill, who don't have chromosomal abnormalities. I mean I mean a wide range of children who are not severely ill um, go through COVID, and it's little more than a cold for almost all of them. Now, there's always going to be exceptions. There's always going to be unfortunate cases, just as with the flu. But COVID is not very dangerous to nearly all children. So in that case, why give them any pharmaceutical product that they don't that they don't benefit from? And the second question is, is there a risk in doing this? Um, and the answer to that question also appears to to me anyway to be yes. And and the risk is that because you're producing only one part of of the of the you know of the virion, only one part of the viral uh, you know molecule, um, your body focuses intently on that, on the spike protein, rather than on all of the, you know, the SARS-CoV-2, which is what you you would respond, your body would respond to all of SARS-CoV-2 if you were infected with the actual virus. And so for the rest of your life, it is possible that you're going to, if you ever encounter SARS-CoV-2, 
in the wild, you know, in nature, after having been vaccinated, you're going to have a response that is centered almost exclusively on the spike protein. And that can be dangerous because the spike protein can mutate. And so, so to me, when there is, even if there were no risk, since there is no benefit to almost all children from being vaccinated, there is no reason to vaccinate them. And the idea that they should be vaccinated to protect older people, to me, is, is, is immoral. Okay, it's, it's, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say it. It's immoral. It's wrong. It's not how we should live our lives. You don't, you don't put children at risk to protect people near the end of their lives. It's not how we should live in this society. But beyond that, there is a risk, and that risk right now is unquantifiable. And my children, I've said this to you before, they are not going to be vaccinated against COVID with, with this particular product, with the mRNA vaccines. And they have been vaccinated against other illnesses, all other vaccines they've gotten. They are not getting this one. Well, there's no doubt uh, that you and I are going to be labeled anti-vaccine because I'm making the same decision that you are with my children, which is, look, my kids are vaccinated for measles, mumps, rubella, all those things. They're not vaccinated, for instance, for malaria. Uh, And if we were going to Africa, I would probably get them uh, malaria treatment, right? But living in the United States right now, the risk profile of my kids getting malaria is very low and I don't want to risk anything by giving them malaria treatment. That's not because I don't think malaria is significant the disease. It clearly is. But it obviously is not a risk factor for my children in America right now, much like COVID. And so how much of a battle do you think this is going to be? Because and, I, and I'm curious, the reason why I'm asking you to look forward a little bit is as COVID cases increase, the authoritarianism of the Biden administration and other leaders has increased as well, right? It's basically in tandem. As the cases go down, like they did in the summer, suddenly the Biden administration comes out and they say, hey, you don't have to wear masks anymore. And then the cases start going back up and we're talking about federal vaccine mandates, masks are back. Where are the cases going to go as we move further into the fall and inch closer into the holiday season? And do you agree with me that those two steps are in concert as cases go up, the authoritarianism rears its ugly head every single time but as cases go down suddenly the covid uh, fear porn as i call it isn't as significant and so restrictions are not as important so where are we going with cases seems to dictate how the government's going to respond um i i don't really agree with that because i oh you disagree well i i i disagree with part of that i i would say I would say in the last month and a half cases have gone down yes as you know as they did last year at this time um, and yet the pressure has only increased. The mandate pressure has increased. Um, and the, you know, and the, and the now the pressure to get children vaccinated has increased. I, I think that, I think that this has become sort of a flywheel that's spinning on its own that has essentially very, very little to do with public health. Um, uh, you know, it, it is, it is totally clear at this point that the vaccines are of limited efficacy. Um, and that they, they, you know, how long do they appear to be sorry to cut you off there, but how long do they appear based on the data that you see to work? And let me just say this, too. And do you anticipate that basically we are in a flu shot universe where essentially and you started to see Moderna and Pfizer CEOs even come out and say this, there's going to be a yearly requirement for a covid shot in the same way that there is a flu shot that is available although most people or many people don't take advantage of it is that where we are headed from a treatment perspective in uh, your opinion no it, it looks to me like it's shorter than that actually um uh it's uh you know it looks like it's 4 to 6 months after the second dose and remember you can't the way the companies did the math uh you know initially and sort of we've continued to do is we don't count 
the month after the first dose. We only count two weeks following the second dose, and that's when the vaccines actually appear to work for a little while. You get you get maybe four months of protection, and it starts to decline. And by six to seven months, it's 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 at zero against infection and transmission. It looks like now. Um, here's the thing. People are increasingly aware of this. Okay, uh, most of the country, and I've you know I, I've heard from a lot of people, and I can't remember whether you got vaccinated or not. So, so I hear from. A lot I have of people, not. You know, I have natural yeah. immunity, so I, I okay, got COVID, good. recovered from it. I have not gotten vaccinated myself. I told my parents who were over seventy-five. I encouraged them to get vaccinated. They got vaccinated. They've gotten their booster shots. Right, looking at age stratification of risk. Totally. totally that's my perspective. Totally. But but so there's a lot of people who are you know fifty years old, six years old. So I'm vaccinated, right? But there's a lot of people, 50, 60, even 40 or 30, they said, you know what, I'm going to get vaccinated. I, you know, I got all my shots as a kid. I'm going to get this thing. You know, there's 83 million ads telling me to get it. I can get it for free. I'm going to get it. I'll get the two doses. And, you know, some of those people had a pretty negative reaction after the second dose. But we're not talking about people. I'm not talking about people who got really sick. I'm talking about people who got it and got through the, you know, the 48 hours, of the you know, sweats and fever or whatever and and got done. Okay. Many of those people don't want a booster. They've had it. Right. Okay? Their, their view on this is, you told me if I got the shot, we'd all go back to normal. Let's get back to normal. That was the promise in the spring. Let's just get, the, let, let's get it done, and this will be done. And, and, they, and they're now saying, like, why do I need a booster? Why aren't cases going down? Like, you keep blaming the unvaccinated, but they know people. A lot. Everybody, I would say at this point, knows people who've been vaccinated and have gotten sick again, including yes. some people who've gotten pretty sick, including people who may have gotten sicker than anybody they knew, you know, this last year. So people are like, well, well, I don't understand if this thing is so great. Why do I have to get it again? And why do I know people who are getting sick? This is personal experience. Right. But but it's over a broad segment of the population. And then they're saying. And why does my kid have to do this? I don't understand. No kids I know have gotten sick from this. You keep telling me that this is, gets kids sick, but I've never seen anybody get, you know, who's a kid who's going to get sick. And is my kid, if they get this, going to get boosters for the rest of his or her life? And they don't want that. And they don't want to be mandated, even if they've agreed at, you know, on pain of losing their jobs. They don't like the way this has happened. And, and so people, I think, with kids are going to draw a line in the sand. Can you come back and answer a couple more questions for me? You got time? Uh, you know I'd love to. <laughs> All right, we'll bring Alex Berenson back. By the way, if you got a question you'd like for me to ask him, at Clay Travis, tweet me right now. For those of you who are on Twitter, I'll pick one of your questions during the break to ask him, have time for a couple more with him. In the meantime, lots of scary unknowns in the financial markets right now. The rapid increase in home values, out of control government spending, cryptocurrency investments, but gold, gold's not scary or unpredictable. It holds and carries its value throughout generations, and now you can buy it as an investment and take possession of it in your hand. Purchasing gold as part of your savings plan or placing it within your IRA, two very easy-to-do tasks, Oxford Gold Group makes it possible. And that completed task comes with a great deal of satisfaction. Our partners at Oxford Gold Group have precious metals that can be delivered to your home. Buck has done it with Oxford Gold this year, and he's told me it's incredibly easy. If you think buying real gold is complicated, our friends at Oxford Gold Group are who you need to call. They'll explain everything. Having real gold delivered to your home or having real gold as part of your IRA is just a phone call away. Call them today. 
833-404-GOLD and learn how you can have real gold in your IRA delivered to your door. Call Oxford at 833-404-GOLD. That's 833-404-G-O-L-D. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go, like, how do I detach from my from this idea of, what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. I am Clay Travis, Buck Out Sick. We're talking with Alex Berenson. Alex, deluged with questions at Clay Travis. You can go look at many of these questions rolling in, maybe Alex yourself, and think about it for your sub stack, which I was encouraged people to check out because i know you're not allowed on twitter but my goodness the number of people that have an absolute ton of questions for you is fantastic i'm going to get to try to get as many of these in as we can so if you can answer a little bit fast alex it would be great um natural immunity 
Do we have any studies on how vaccines, people who have already had natural immunity, know they had COVID and recovered from it, and are then being forced to get a vaccine as well, how does that impact them? Do we know anything? Great question. We we really don't know. Um, you know, the, the vaccine advocates again would say, "Oh, get get a vaccine, even if you've been, you know, even if you've had COVID and recovered, it, it will it will improve your response." There's actually some data. There was a paper that came out in March uh, from Spanish researchers in Mount Sinai that suggested two doses was not a good idea if you'd uh, if you'd had COVID and recovered that it might actually sort of overwhelm your T cells, um, but that one dose would help. Um, this is one of these things. This is one of these many, many things that if we were talking about this in a reasonable way and we're being transparent, there'd be a lot more research being done on this. And we could say to people, natural immunity is great. Uh, you know, it's great unless your antibodies fall below this level. In that case, get a dose, you know, or maybe we want everybody to get two doses, but we're not allowed to have those conversations in an honest way. And so, you know, Fauci and the, and the, and the, and his acolytes are all just saying, Natural immunity doesn't count, which is which is just bizarre because it's very, very clear that even without a booster um, or, you know, when I say booster, even without a single dose of vaccine, your natural immunity is very powerful. There's a study out of Israel that came out over the summer that really is the definitive study about this that showed that people who'd gotten vaccinated were 13 times as likely to be infected with COVID post-vaccination as people who had natural immunity. So, um, you know, I would not be running out to get vaccinated if I'd had COVID and recovered. Um, and, and I certainly wouldn't be running out to get a booster. Um, what about two, you, two questions quickly? Do quarantines in schools make any sense at no, all? And no, what no, is the, no, that's an easy answer, right? Doesn't make any sense. No, let every kid in the world get this and recover from it and be done with it. That would be the best thing we could do. England has good data on COVID deaths. What is the latest numbers? What are the latest numbers out of England showing you as it pertains to who's dying post-vaccination and not vaccinated? Sure. So older people are dying post-vaccination, just like older people, you know, die of COVID in general. Um, and and what's happening in England right now is very interesting and very worrisome. Um, uh, so so they have a ton of cases. They have a ton of cases and a lot of hospitalizations. Deaths are lower than they were at the, in the winter peak which is, you know, everybody who's sort of on the vaccine fanatic train says, oh, that's because look how well vaccinations work. Well, yes, deaths are lower than they were in the winter peak. But for the last now two to three months, uh, England has had this sort of stubbornly high rate of deaths, about a thousand COVID deaths a week, every week. And, and, it, and it's actually going back up again in the last few days. So, so if, if England seems to be in a bad place right now. I can, I can hear the music coming up. So let Yeah, I've got to let you go. You are killing it. We will share it on the podcast. We will have him back again soon. The music has to play him out because it has to let me know that I need to tell you to save a ton of money. How much would you like to save $12,000 a year? That's $1,000 a month. How much difference could that make for you and your family? Well, you need to call American Financing right now. Trust me, get your phones. That's 800-777-8109. You can go to AmericanFinancing.net. NMLS 182-334. You can save $12,000 a year just in time for the holidays. Call today, 800-777-8109. AmericanFinancing.net. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. My thanks to Alex Berenson. My goodness, he's good. 
And if you're just getting in your car right now and you didn't hear that discussion, I tried to get to as many questions of yours as I could. I've got open DMs. You can go look at all the questions that flooded in for him. I appreciate all of you who were sharing what you would want to ask him if you were on the show. Uh, we try to do that on a regular basis. Make sure we interact with you guys. By the way, Buck Sexton out sick uh, today. He will be back tomorrow is the plan. Hopefully he's going to get well, pretty sick. Um, and uh, tomorrow we are going to have uh, former President Trump on as our final guest right at this time. So I would encourage you guys to make sure uh, you sign up for the podcast or plan to be in your car because I think that'll be an interesting discussion. Among other things, Donald Trump is going to be in Atlanta for the uh, Astros and the Braves game four of the World Series in Truist Park there at the Battery just outside Atlanta. Going to be a lot of fun for that discussion. Um, Right now, updating you on the news that we began the show discussing, Nancy Pelosi just finished her press conference on uh, Capitol Hill And she was asked whether or not she is going to be bringing the infrastructure bill to the House floor today or not. And so far, she has refused to answer. Uh, I think she is hoping to be able to do it. And I believe we have audio right there that we're playing. Here's Nancy Pelosi talking about uh, the infrastructure decision. I trust the president of the United States. And again, the, the text is out there if they have some... Anybody, any senator, any House member have some suggestions about where their comfort level is or their dismay might be, then we welcome that. But I I trust the president of the United States. Uh, We will. We have, you know, all the things I named, we have agreement on most of those things. Now, when people see the language, they may say, well, this goes further than I thought. I don't know. We'll see what they say back. Uh, But we are within range on on the, uh, the, those things there's some things that aren't not in i frankly have not given up on so that is pelosi discussing this issue now she has got a rebellion inside of her own caucus in particular representative cory bush you may recall that she was the uh, representative who got joe biden to put forward an unconstitutional eviction moratorium by effectively camping out on the Capitol steps. She said she's been bamboozled and uh, she doesn't believe that the Democratic leadership has been negotiating in good faith. Here is what Cori Bush, Democrat of Missouri, said. If a, a vote on the bank is held today, mm-hmm. I'm a no. That has not changed. Um, we, I have held held steady um, with what we've talked about as progressives, um, at least some of the progressive caucus up until now, saying that we need both uh, bills to ride together. And uh, we don't have that right now. Also, I felt a little bamboozled because this was not this was not what I thought was coming today. Um, and one thing that I said, and um, the speaker knows how I feel at this point. Um, also, when I and I and I keep thinking about, we are supposed to trust. Trust. Our trust has to be in two senators that have not, in my opinion, been been good faith actors up until this point. Okay, so what's going on here is an internal civil war for the Democratic Party over whether or not they're going to be able to pass two signature uh, uh, platforms of the Joe Biden administration. One is infrastructure, which has already passed the Senate. The other is the Build Back Better bill, the budget reconciliation bill that initially was going to cost three point five trillion, according to uh, the math that is out there now down to around one seven or one eight trillion cut in half. 
uh, the two senators that Cori Bush, the Democratic congresswoman in the House, was referencing are West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin and Arizona Senator Kirsten Cinema. So there is a bit of a stare down going on right now on Capitol Hill. The progressives in the House, the squad, the AOC crew, Cori Bush, who you just heard from, are saying this bill doesn't go far enough in terms of being left wing enough. The Bernie budget bill that now has been sliced down. And as a result, they are threatening to not support infrastructure. The fear here, and again, it really is a stare down between the moderates and the progressives inside of the Democratic caucus, is once the infrastructure bill passes the House, the fear is that Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema are then going to say, you know what, I don't support the budget reconciliation bill anymore because infrastructure got through. Let's pause here because inflation is skyrocketing to such an extent. This is Joe Manchin's argument that the government doesn't need to be spending more money right now. And that, to me, seems like a pretty solid argument when you're looking around at the dollar store, can't even sell products for a dollar store anymore. Uh, Dollar cost, by the way. McDonald's today announced that they've had to increase prices nationwide by 6%. 6%. That's just a symptom of what's going on with inflation across the country. The more dollars you print, the more guaranteed money you give out, the less value a dollar has. This is basic economics. Do you remember being a kid and sitting around and hearing everybody talk about the budget deficit? I remember that as a kid, eight, nine, ten years old. And I just remember sitting around and thinking, how can there ever be a budget deficit when the government can always just print more money? And then I remember asking my parents about it. Because I didn't understand the concept of inflation. And I said, why can't the government just print as much money as they need to in order to pay off whatever the debt is? My dad said, well, there's something called inflation. And if you print too much money, then you're going to end up with every dollar being worth a lot less. And eventually, you end up causing more problems to your country through inflation than you would by paying for the debt that exists out there. And guess what? The democratic economic policies are basically the same right now that I thought when I was 8, 9, or 10 years old and didn't understand inflation. You think when you're a young kid that there's a magical money tree and you can always shake that money tree and the dollars are going to come falling down. You think that the government can make it rain forever Dollars, pennies from heaven, and there's no impact. And that's what most of the Democratic left is arguing right now. And the unfortunate part of this is that the people who end up bearing the cost there are paying a default tax. A lot of you out there know exactly what I'm talking about every time you pull up at the gas pump and you're paying near decade high prices on gas. When McDonald's is costing 6% more, when the New York Times has a front page article saying this is going to be the most expensive Thanksgiving meal ever because everything that you're going to buy from a turkey to cranberries to stuffing, all of it's going to cost way more than it ever has before because of 
Biden-era inflation. And that's what Joe Manchin is saying, and that's what's only, in my opinion, going to get worse if suddenly we throw over a trillion dollars into infrastructure and then we ladle on top of it over a trillion dollars in government spending on the budget reconciliation bill and we combine it with all of the COVID relief spending that we already have. The idea that the government spending more money is going to have a positive impact on inflation is flagrantly anti-basic economics. You can't run the printing presses forever and just keep giving people more money without prices increasing everywhere where you start to defeat the entire purpose, which is where we are right now, of your entire domestic economic agenda. I just wish there were more people in the Democratic Party with a basic just basic understanding of economics who didn't think about money spending like I did when I was eight or nine or 10 years old, or like a lot of your kids do right now when you try to explain to them why McDonald's is costing way more, why the gas tank costs a lot more to fill up, and why every single thing that you buy in the grocery store for Thanksgiving is going to lead to a record high cost for a Thanksgiving meal. We'll break down all this and more. I want to get you the latest on the Virginia governor's election and why it's so important. That's coming next. But first, I want to tell you about my friends at Pure Talk. These guys have been inside of my house. They literally came to my house, sat around my kitchen table, and we talked about why their business made so much sense for so many of you and why I personally should trust them with my cell phone service. And I do. You can, too, whether you have AT&T, Verizon, or T-Mobile. My eighth grader has a Pure Talk phone. Tens of thousands of you smart listeners out there have saved a bundle, five, six, eight hundred $800 a year on your cell phone without having to change your phone number or even change your phone. It's incredibly easy to switch. And right now, you can get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data on Pure Talk's 5G network for just $30 a month. That's all you have to do to get hooked up in a big way. Pure Talk has a 30-day risk-free guarantee, so you literally have nothing to lose. From your cell phone, how do you sign up? Simple. Get your cell phones in your hand right now. Trust me, do what I did. Dial pound 250 and say Pure Talk, and you'll save 50% off your first month. Again, it's easy. Pound 250, say Pure Talk. Get your phones in your hand. Pow, d- d- dial pound 250 and say Pure Talk and start saving today. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time... 
with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go, like, how do I detach from my this idea of, what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. Encourage you to go grab the podcast. Man, some great interviews. Uh, Molly Hemingway was phenomenal talking about her book, Rigged. She's a senior editor at The Federalist. And then at the top of this hour, in case you got in your car and you missed it or you were running around at work, weren't able to stay tuned, in we had Alex Berenson on ask answering a ton of your questions he was fantastic I told you uh, that we're going to talk to Donald Trump tomorrow uh, and that should be great in the 2:30 Eastern block so go ahead and set that the final hour of the show tomorrow go ahead and put that on your calendars to roll you into the weekend and we'll head into the final weekend before Virginia decides its next governor and things are getting heated in a monster way with everything that is going on in the state of Virginia and everything that is at stake there. I want to let you hear some of the latest discussion. First of all, let's listen to Democratic candidate for governor Terry McAuliffe smearing Virginia parents, saying that anybody concerned about CRT in schools is racist. I am sick of them talking about these issues of critical race theory. We do not teach critical race theory here in Virginia. It has never been taught. It is a racist dog whistle. It is pitting parents against parents, parents against teachers, and they're using our children as political pawns, and it has got to stop. All lies. For any of you out there that have paid attention to what is going on in Virginia schools, they are teaching that you are either an oppressor or you are a victim. They are saying that you cannot escape the race of your skin and your responsibility based on that race, your identity is determined by the color of your skin. That is what is being taught in Virginia right now, and that is why it's so important that Terry McAuliffe lose this election. If you are in Virginia right now, I understand people are nervous about election integrity and all of those issues, certainly that were raised in a significant way surrounding 2020. 
What I would tell you is get out and vote, even though you might be concerned. Make it such a sweeping landslide that they cannot fake the outcome in Virginia. I don't want people to not vote because they're concerned about the outcome of the vote. Because if you do that, then you've already let the other side win. Show up and make your voice heard. Glenn Youngkin will win if enough people do that. I really do believe, based on where the polls are and how tight it is, and it's an important message to be sending. And you know Democrats have gotten incredibly, insanely, Nervous about what's going to happen because they're trying to turn Glenn Youngkin into Donald Trump, which is their only way to run right now against him. They spent four years saying orange man bad. It's their only playbook. Listen to how often Joe Biden mentioned Donald Trump when he was in Virginia campaigning against Glenn Youngkin. I ran against Donald Trump. And Terry is running against an acolyte of Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Donald Trump? He doesn't want to talk about Trump anymore. Well, I do. Donald Trump or Trump by Trump. Trump did this. That's who Donald Trump is. To Donald Trump. To Trump. Former President Trump. He endorses Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Donald Trump. I love this one. Trump. Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Loyally to Trump. With Trump. I mean, it wouldn't be so funny if it wasn't so sad. Well, since Biden can't stop talking about him, we'll have Donald Trump on our show tomorrow. Encourage all of you to be listening in that 2.30 window, East Coast. That is uh, 11.30 on the West Coast AM. And this is the only game plan. Try to convince the sheep, Democratic voters, independent voters, that Glenn Youngkin is going to lead you back into the dark ages if he wins the election. But guess what? Here's the larger issue at play. Don't a lot of those people recognize that Joe Biden is far worse than Donald Trump now? Attacking Donald Trump in the 2020 presidential election was one thing for Joe Biden. Now that he's failed on Afghanistan, that he's failed on inflation, that he's failed on the border that he might well be failing on his agenda on Capitol Hill, that he's failed in terms of the murder rate, that he's failed in terms of uniting the country, that he's failed on COVID. How in the world can you argue that Donald Trump is a big threat to the government and to the country when Joe Biden has turned everything he touches completely to crap? He's got the anti-Midas touch. And he's going to try to argue that in Virginia... If Glenn Youngkin wins, things are going to be bad. Things are already bad, Joe. You're our president, and you're a disaster, and you barely have any idea what's going on from one moment to the next. And everybody, Democrats, Republicans, and independents, we all know it. Alex said he was overwhelmed by the number of you that asked questions. He's going through my Twitter timeline, and he's going to answer more of your questions. Alex Berenson said, he just texted me, on his Substack page. You type in Alex Berenson Substack, it will come up. You can go read all of his latest articles, even though you can't see him on Twitter or any other social media site. He is writing his analysis of the COVID data for all of you to be able to review. It is easy to do. All you have to do, 
uh, is seek out his Substack. You can also seek out our podcast. Give us five stars. Great show. Best wishes to Buck Sexton, who was sick today. He should be back tomorrow when we will have President Trump, 45 himself, on with us in the final hour of the program. One additional bit of news. Facebook has renamed itself Meta. Facebook under siege because of all of the lies and conservatives that they are hiding. All of the complicity that they have. If you listen to my interview with Molly Hemingway associated with the 2020 election, they are now renaming themselves as Meta. That was just announced in the last few minutes as the show was going on. So... You're no longer logging on to Facebook. You're logging on to Meta. Uh, you, when you rename yourself, you're always in a really difficult spot. For Trump tomorrow, thanks for hanging. You're listening to Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the EIB Network. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.